This is the Nourishing Nutrition Podcast, and my name is Eleanor Dooley. I created this podcast to inspire, empower, and advocate for your best self. I combine current nutritional research with the practicalities of living your life, giving you real nutrition talk in bite-sized pieces. Please remember that I am a licensed dietitian nutritionist and certified nutrition specialist. I am not a medical doctor, and by listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you might be having. Hi, and welcome to the Nourishing Nutrition Podcast. I am your host, Eleanor Dooley, and I cannot wait to share this topic with you. This is a topic that I am really fired up about, and I think you're going to really see a new perspective on your fatigue, your energy, and how your hormones work to support you. So buckle up because we are going to dive in. Adrenal fatigue. Have you heard this term? It's a term that's been thrown around since about 1998, and it was invented by a chiropractor named James Wilson, and it was applied to a collection of nonspecific symptoms. There's no scientific evidence supporting the concept of adrenal fatigue, and it's not recognized as a diagnosis by the scientific or medical communities. So this sounds pretty straightforward, right? So what is all the hype about? What is adrenal fatigue? All right. So I have to admit that adrenal fatigue are two words that are very descriptive and as loosely interpreted by me, I would describe this condition or these words to mean that adrenal fatigue would be where your adrenals get fatigued. And if your adrenals get fatigued, that would make your body fatigued. There are loads of literature out there that would disagree with this because in general, your adrenal glands don't get tired of working. They don't stop working because you have too much on your plate. So to be clear, the term adrenal fatigue is pretty misleading. And quite frankly, it describes a condition that has just been mislabeled. This doesn't mean that there isn't anything going on involving your adrenals, your energy, and being fatigued. And that is what we are going to dive into today. So where do we start? I like to talk about this topic by explaining how the body responds to your day-to-day stressors. Your body's immune system responds by revving up when you're under stress. Your adrenal glands, which are those tiny organs that sit atop of your kidneys, they respond to the stress signals given from your brain by releasing hormones like cortisol or adrenaline into the bloodstream that help you deal with the stressful situation. That's how the system works. These hormones are part of your fight or flight response. Think of the rush you feel when you have to slam on the brakes in your car in order to not hit the pedestrian that you didn't see. That chemical rush feeling is your body's immediate response to an extreme momentary stress. Your heart rate increases as does your blood pressure. And once your brain perceives that the event, the stress that you've perceived is over, it returns to homeostasis. 
your body is meant to feel the stressor, the release of the hormone and allow you a few minutes to recuperate. And then your body returns back to a normal state of breathing and of normal blood pressure. The adrenal glands receive the signal from the brain to make cortisol. If it can, it will over and over and over. However, many times your brain perceives a stressful situation during the day, this is the process of your body dealing with it. Your brain doesn't know what kind of stress is happening, whether it's a perceived stress, whether it's a remembered trauma. Maybe you are reliving an argument you had that was very stressful from a few weeks ago. Your brain doesn't know the difference. It just knows that it does not feel 100% safe in the current moment. Cortisol is widely known as the stress hormone. However, it has a lot of important effects and functions throughout your body, aside from just regulating your body's stress response. It's also important to remember that biologically speaking, there are multiple different kinds of stress. There are, I'm going to talk about three of them here. Acute stress that happens when you're in sudden danger within a short period of time. An example would be barely avoiding a car accident or being chased in a dark alley by a dark figure and your heart rate starts going up. That's acute, immediate stress. Now, chronic stress is more of a long-term game. This happens when you experience ongoing situations that cause frustration or anxiety. For example, having a difficult or frustrating job, having a long commute every single day that stresses you out, or having a chronic illness that affects your everyday life and causing you stress all of the time, kind of like a slow, low boil. And the third kind of stress is traumatic stress. This happens when you experience life-threatening events that induce fear or the feeling of helplessness. Now, these can come from experiencing things like an extreme weather event, a traumatic event from your childhood. Often people remember sexual assaults or traumatic stress from war. This kind of stress is classified as post-traumatic stress disorder. You've probably heard to it referred to as PTSD. So those are the three stressors that the brain can quantify. Your brain perceives one of the three of these stresses, and it sends signals to your adrenals to make and release cortisol into the bloodstream to help your body feel safer and in a much better place to manage the stress. Cortisol is a steroid hormone, and it coordinates the different functions in your body by carrying messages through the blood to your organs, your skin, muscles, and other tissue. These signals tell your body what to do, where to do it, and when to do it. Also, cortisol does a few other things in the body, such as suppress inflammation of all of your body, bodily tissues, controls metabolism. It increases sugar in your bloodstream. It increases the availability of substances to repair tissues. So if your body experiences a traumatic injury, your body's focus is helping to fix that injury so that your body can return to homeostasis. So cortisol is released in order to help you do that. This system is designed to respond 
and then rebound once the stress has been removed. The brain senses the stressor has passed and it stops requesting the cortisol to be made. And since the used cortisol has done its job and you've returned to homeostasis, it's then deactivated and it's marked for waste. And this all happens in your liver. That's how it's supposed to work. That's how the human body deals with stress. It's the cortisol response. So when we're talking about adrenal fatigue, it's not actually that your adrenals are being overworked. It's just that the brain senses a lot of stress and therefore keeps asking, keeps communicating with the adrenals and keeps pumping out the cortisol. This is how it's supposed to work, but things can go a little wonky if the brain is perceiving stress all day long and it never gets that downtime to switch from the fight, flight, or freeze into the rest and digest. It just can't get that downtime for recovery. It just keeps cranking out cortisol over and over. And by doing that, it depletes our energy stores, our minerals, and the materials that our body needs for other things like immunity protection, energy restoration, and metabolism. Have you ever noticed if you've been really stressed for quite a few days, weeks, or months that you're much more likely to catch a cold? or to feel run down, or even get an injury from just normal everyday things. Furthermore, if the brain is asking for more cortisol, it can get exasperated and ask for even more cortisol. If you are doing things like extreme exercise, undernourishment. So if you're not eating enough, or if you're looking to reduce calories or cut carbs or to cut out macronutrients, that creates stress and it makes your body produce more cortisol. If you have a lot of junk food in your diet, if you are absorbing toxins from pesticides by eating non-organic foods, if you're using cosmetics that have chemicals in them, shampoos, perfumes, breathing air fresheners, or if you're using laundry detergents and things that have a lot of fragrance in them. Or if your body is experiencing natural hormone changes, such as menopause, these changes in the body can be perceived as the brain, not feeling safe, in which case it will create more cortisol. The body will create body fat to help it make these hormones. That's right. If you're seeing increased body fat, it's probably not the reduced calories that are doing it. It's probably because your body is experiencing a perceived stress and it needs to make more cortisol. And if those adrenal glands are maxed out on the amount of cortisol they can make, your body has created a safety system by creating adipose tissue, which is belly fat. Adipose tissue can make its own hormones. So if your brain perceives that it needs more hormones, it's going to create this body fat to help it out. So instead of seeing this on your body and thinking, man, I need to work out more. I need to eat less. I need to get more disciplined and buckle down on my diet. You should focus that energy on figuring out how to help your brain adrenal connection. And you can do that in these five ways. The first one is eating more organic foods. 
eating whole foods that are, are organic and don't have added chemicals and pesticides is a really good way to help nourish your body, but also to keep your body from having to make more cortisol. Number two, ditching added chemicals in foods, cosmetics, laundry detergents, and things like that. Number three, figuring out a realistic sleep schedule with proper non-electronic downtime before falling asleep. Is anybody falling asleep with their phones in their hands while they're, while they're scrolling? I know a few people that do that. Um, number four, easing up on alcohol and caffeine, especially in the late afternoon and evening. And number five, tapping into the different times of your cycle and aligning these days with appropriate exercise. If you'd like to learn more about cycle syncing, stay tuned because I'm doing a podcast episode on this very topic. This just means adjusting your strength training and hit training with days and weeks that include restorative stretching and yoga. So finding that good balance for your body and really listening to the needs of your body instead of that brute force nature of just pushing through, even when you're really tired. Many women have adjusted their lifestyle to support their hormone health and seen profound impacts from gradual changes in their day-to-day -day routines. I'm not talking about crash dieting or deep detoxing. I'm talking about relearning the basics of nutrition as it supports your biology. I'm talking about getting the right testing to see the patterns that your hormones are producing, using, and excreting. I'm also talking about getting the most accurate, up-to-date, and well-researched information that applies specifically to your body. There, are, there was such a serious need for this when I needed help and by uncovering the patterns of hormone production in my body, understanding detoxification and getting the appropriate nourishment, I coupled that with the scientific facts and research about proper nourishment and created the Hormone Happiness Project. This program is a 10-week interactive online course that covers all the bases about your hormone health, whether you're still menstruating or entering menopause or somewhere in between. This program breaks down the step-by-step -step practices needed to uncover the root causes of hormonal imbalance, causing all of your symptoms. It includes the foods that support your body the most, allows you to discover the things that are holding you back. As it highlights your strengths, it will also dive into your adrenal health, your cortisol regulation, and your stress levels so that you can reflect on the actions that you need to take to best support your body for proper rest and metabolism without dieting. This program includes specific at-home testing that gives you the most accurate and up-to-date information about your hormones. And I personally interpret the results and give you the plan of action to get started on your healing. There is no other program out there like the Hormone Happiness Project and enrollment starts today. You can get my full support and the support of the Hormone Happiness Project community as you take this leap into your self-discovery. For more information, check out nourishingnutrition.net and sign up today. If you are interested in learning more about me, my practice, and my programs, you can follow me on Instagram at your.hormone.nutritionist 
You can follow my Facebook group, Happy Hormones and Tamed Inflammation, or visit my website at nourishingnutrition.net. Check out my free resources by subscribing to my newsletter and following this podcast. See you next week for a brand new episode. 